When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know, Britney may never perform again, at least if you listen to TMZ. And I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I kind of think they know what Britney's thinking, at least through a person or two. We'll talk about that story here on the Colleen and Bradley Show in just a moment on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Welcome to the second hour of Monday's program. Um, but I also thought we could have a conversation about... Who would you love to see just one last time, just one last time before they go away for whatever reason? What performer would you love to see? So, Holly, while you're thinking about that, I do want to address the actual Britney story. And don't worry, we're going to have some more Britney conflab in the third hour of the show. According to TMZ over the weekend, the headline says, no plan to return to stage for Britney Spears. Done for good. What? I love how they're always just Why? so. <laughs> they're always so like extra, ex- extra, and exclamation pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the story says sources close to Britney tells TMZ. Who are those sources? Do we think probably maybe Holly? Uh, probably Jamie Spears or, or uh, Britney or Sam. Oh yeah. I feel like right now on the TMZ mm-hmm. payroll is one Sam Asgari. He's used to being on payrolls where Britney is concerned. <laughs> You're but, totally right. But uh, I don't know. But I wonder if Sam or someone like him is saying, you know, Britney doesn't want to work or perform right now. And that has been her, quote, mindset for a long time. And she may actually never perform again it's not the first time we've heard of this yeah that's why i'm surprised that this headline on tmz is being presented at this moment as being something like this is shocking news Mm -hmm. what a revelation well we've been talking about this for years the fact that if not for being in this conservatorship the likelihood that britney spears would have retired from performing was pretty high yeah so this is kind of a nothing burger headline yeah but, but then you wonder, like, well, what's the point of the nothing burger headline? Maybe yeah. there is a burger in that nothing. Yeah, maybe Mayor McCheese did have something to say, and Mayor <sighs> McCheese is being played by actor Sam Asgari. Oh, my God. They rip off the mask of Mayor McCheese, and it's Sam Asgari. I mean, it's entirely possible he could be in a McDonald's commercial, because that's the level of acting that he's at, which is not a bad level. I'm just saying it wouldn't be surprising if he was actually in a McDonald's commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect timing, Mayor McCheese. Is Mayor McCheese even like a thing anymore? I don't know. Remember when kids or used sher- to play? Is it Mayor McCheese or isn't there a sheriff too? There's, There's like a both. police. There's like Constable uh, McMuffin or something. I don't know. I just remember on the McDonald's Playland that you would play in a cage in the shape of either the constable's head or Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Which is really weird if you think about it for too long. 
So we won't. Let's not. <laughs> but let's get back to that question. Um, and feel free to join the conversation. But here's the thing it got me thinking about. There are musicians and performers that I would love to see just one last time. I mean, some of them are dearly departed. Like, you know, a chief on my list at the top of my list would be Whitney Houston because I never saw her perform live. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're not going to be able to see her until we all end up in the great uh, stadium uh, concert of all time. Which is when, when we're dead. When we're dead. Yeah. Did you have to think about that? No, I just You're like, like, wait a no. minute, she's doing a comeback? What? Or, or until such time as her family has deemed a, an acceptable 3D likeness. Well, that's already happened. We have the Whitney Houston hologram and it's performed. I know, but wasn't it like kind of, weren't they like, yeah, we're going to put that in on the shelf for a while. Yeah. Because it's maybe a little dusty. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Holly, is there somebody in your mind? I mean, I know you're a huge fan of... Musty musicians performers. who aren't around anymore. <laughs> yes, Bradley, I'm a fan of musty musicians and people who have been oh, hey, performing. You and the block. I would have great fun at a Herb Alpert concert. Yes, that would be amazing. But the one band that I want to see before they uh, hit the retirement road is the Rolling Stones. Mm. I've I have never seen the Rolling Stones, so I suppose it's not seeing them one last time. It would just be seeing them one time. You might be like, well, yeah, you can go because they're going to be at TCF Bank Stadium or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. They're playing here locally yeah. this month. I am not spending $500 to see Mick and Keith prance around the stage. They have priced themselves out, and that's the problem with a lot of these legacy shows. It'd be really fun to go and see them. I am not spending $500 no. to go and see the Rolling Stones. No, no, no. Period. End of story. Not going to it. It's just not... I mean, it's almost just offensive. It is offensive. And also, you do... Okay, so then the, the the equivalent that I think of is not the Rolling Stones, but Fleetwood Mac. I would love to see Fleetwood Mac one more time, um, you know, together uh, as, a, as a group. It's likely that you'll be able to see them performing. It just won't be, you know, the current uh, configure or the entire configuration. Yeah. But to your point, like, I've seen them. I'm not spending $300 to see them again. Likely, I'm not going to see them all anyway. Um, You know, so that would be another one. Which is fascinating to me that bands like the Rolling Stones and Fleetwood Mac price out younger people's ability to become fans of their show. True. Because if, you know, you might have a super fan that's willing to spend a lot of money to go and see them. But ultimately, it's like, well, if you are wanting to cultivate new generations of fans, which a lot of these bands are, I look at a band specifically like Queen. Yeah. Queen has gone after younger generations. They've incorporated Adam Lambert. They did the infomercial known as the movie Bohemian Rhapsody yep. for their stuff. So they're out there and they don't price their tickets as outrageously as somebody like the Rolling Stones. Like, I want to go. Help me go. Help the kids come and see you. Do you have to then just... I wonder if the uh, the math you have to do in your head as a performer is to say that you're just not going to do stadium concerts anymore. You're going to have to go to smaller venues. Um, and maybe even that's not an acceptable alternative because I think of Madonna. I think her last tour was very small venue, but it was actually far more expensive because it was, you know, she has such a particular audience that mm-hmm. she can charge lots and lots of money. I, I'm just curious 
I would be very interested in watching the Netflix series or listening to the CBC podcast about the history and the economics of music acts. Right. Right. Well, at this point, also what's fascinating is that, you know, a band like the Rolling Stones, and I just keep going to them because they're an obvious example, is that the Rolling Stones, rock and roll music in general, used to be counterculture. It used to be saying something about power, but now they are power. They are the culture. So I suppose it's kind of like, well, we can't. I know it's why I can't go see Hairspray the musical. Because why would, because the whole point of the Hairspray and John Waters talks about this a lot, creator of Hairspray. It's just like the most countercultural thing he could do at this point is like write a children's book, which I think he actually did. But the the moral of the story is like it's everything's on its head. So, so you're absolutely right. Rock and roll ain't rock and roll no more. No, it's not. What is it? I don't know, man. Time to go to break. I think. Sure is. Hey, Holly's got a great uh, Netflix documentary recommendation, and I'm excited to hear about it. It's it's such a bizarre rabbit hole to jump down. And if you want to hear all about it, jump down the rabbit hole with us and we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Holly's got a great recommendation for you on Netflix because they're still up and running. It's actually HBO Max. Oh, sorry. Why did I think it was Netflix? Because everything's on Netflix. Exactly. Well, thanks for correcting the record. I would have uh, gone over to Facebook to find. No, it this doesn't work. I could have Googled it. Uh, anyway, good afternoon and welcome back to the Collie to Bradley show. Holly is going to tell us what she is watching live. You, you guys watch I mean, that television show. She's live. Don't you, don't you, don't you. Team Cobra presents Here's What We're Watching Live. Yes, Bradley, I'm watching HBO Max and I'm watching a series called the way down i'm so excited to hear about this the way down what is this uh about the way down is a docu-series about gwen shamblin now does the name gwen shamblin ring a bell to you it does only because i have been down gwen shamblin's rabbit hole before most recently i don't want to give away a spoiler it's not a spoiler she's not on planet earth any longer no it's not a spoiler alert because i I don't know if we talked about this on the air when it happened, but on May 29th, Gwen Shamblin was among those who was killed in a plane crash in Tennessee. And it made headlines because Gwen Shamblin has been famous for quite some time. Most notably, she got her start in the 90s with her Way Down workshops. And her videos had gone viral in various places on the Internet. If, if you look hard enough, you'll find some, you know, some parts where it's like fascinating, like this woman who had big hair and essentially was like, you can pray your weight away. I was going to say she was the one who told you you could get skinny with Jesus, basically. Yes. Right. Yes. And so many people have probably come across especially if you're like us and you spend a lot of time down YouTube rabbit holes, you may have seen videos of her talking about praying the fat away, et cetera, et cetera. But it was kind of just one of those, those like random YouTube asterisks that you didn't think much about. Well, it turns out um, apparently, and you're going to tell us that there was so much more to the story. No, there was so much more to the story because when Gwen Chamblin passed away, it was like, Oh, Remember that YouTube lady who was praying to Jesus to, to make her skinny? Well, she died. 
And apparently, there is a lot more to her story, Bradley. And you'll learn about that in this docuseries, The Way Down. And she started, she first came to fame in 1997. She had a book called The Way Down Diet. Okay. And that was where those first videos were rooted in. She, you know, did the talk show circuit. She was teaching. Here's what she said in one clip in the documentary. She said, what I do in this program, The Way Down Diet, is teach people how to stop bowing down to the refrigerator and how to bow back down to him. Mm-hmm. Him being God with a capital G. Yeah. So she took that and then she decided to find found her own church around this concept. Uh, okay. And in 1999... Like Weight Watchers for Jesus. Basically. Okay. Yeah. And it was called the Remnant Fellowship Church, which still exists. That's in Tennessee. And over the course of two decades... It slowly but surely rolls into Gwen Chamblin having this cult-like following and control over this group of people in very troubling and concerning uh, ways. I was going to say, uh, I'm smelling a cult here, and you're telling me things got kind of culty. Things got kind of culty. Which makes for a great documentary. That's right. Or can, anyway. You know, and there are some pretty mm, disturbing allegations about things that were going on in Gwen Shemlin's, uh church, including oh. but not limited oh. to, you know... Uh, child abuse and some and other things that are really disturbing yeah so you know a caveat if you're going to be watching the way down there are some disturbing aspects of these episodes can i ask a nuts and bolts question please how long and is this just one episode this is three episodes bradley okay and there's going to be two more episodes that will air sometime in the spring, I believe, because the filmmakers, they didn't just jump on this story about Gwen Shamblin after she died. They had been working on the story for three years before, so before she, passed, she away. passed away. Yeah. So before she passed away. So it's fascinating to watch this because you're watching these people tell their stories about being involved with Gwen Shamblin and her church. They're being told. As if she's alive, because by all means, when these people were talking to the documentarians, she was. was. And there are certain aspects of the story that I'm sure have completely changed as a result of the death of Gwen and her husband, Joe, who, by the way, played Tarzan in the late 80s and made for television movies. This uh, I remember from the rabbit hole we went down. I think we were probably just all in the prep room Googling stuff about her because I do, I had previously seen those video clips and I was like, oh, it's that lady. Yeah. And that it's so interesting to me that there are so many women in similar, like, what do we even call it? Like, not like similar roles or like similar neighborhoods. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Of um, religious big organizations that have big hair and lots of makeup. Yeah. Like, and- I know it sounds absurd, but literally, uh, when I when you look at her, you're like, well, of course. Of course. Well, and it's fascinating, Bradley, that you point that out because you can see as she moves along and as she gains more power and as the cult of personality around her grows, (laughs) her hair hair literally gets bigger. It's like, And I'm not exaggerating because, please, if you don't know what Glenn Shamblin looked like, please go and Google image search her. Also then Jan Crouch, also then Tammy Faye Baker. Yes, yeah. So the higher the hair... The, the higher, more questions I have, and there's probably a documentary around the corner about you. There's probably secrets and maybe some small <laughs> yes. woodland creatures yes. that are living there's inside that There's some evil hair. in that hair. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and not to make light of the things that were happening in this, because, no, you know, no, no, by, all, by all means, you know, this is a very troubling organization. And there was a review in Decider that said of The Way Down that this is a documentary series about a cult leader that the cult of cult expose watchers will love. So if you liked shows like The Vow, which was about Nexium, you know, if you like the shows that are about any kind of cult Scientology, then you're definitely going to want to catch in The Way Down because these first three episodes set up the story. Then, spoiler alert, yes, there are all these passings. So I think the documentarians are trying to figure out, you know, what is the story now? Because it's completely changed. Oh, God, I am so excited. And thank you for bringing this because there's another documentary that I want to watch. It's that, uh, what is it, Lula Rowe? Yeah, Lula Rich. Lula Rich, whatever that, people kept talking about that one. And I was like, I got to watch that. And I thought that's what you wanted to talk about. And then you tell me about this. Now I'm like, I am so behind in my documentaries. Yeah, if you liked Lula Rich, definitely check out The Way Down. It will. Okay, that's will on HBO uh, Max. Yes. I almost said Prime. That's another streaming service. When we come back. Our streaming service that's filled with celebrities behaving badly. We call them... T-Pack. We'll be right back here on My Talk 1071. And celebrities' bad habits get to us, especially around this time each day here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, because we've created a whole segment for celebrities behaving badly and, you know, companies behaving badly, people just... I mean, if you're behaving badly, you're going to end up in this segment at some point... It's time for Lord and Lady. <laughs> Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Hey, Holly. Uh-huh, Bradley. Um, who's your D-bag? Oh, thanks for asking, Bradley, because my douchebag is Netflix. What? What did Netflix do to you? I love Netflix. Netflix is ruining my Seinfeld episodes. Oh, my God. What do they do? What's, What's the, the deal? deal? Netflix, why are you messing up with the Seinfeld aspect ratios and cutting out all the oh, jokes? Okay, record scratch. Wait, what? Yeah. So aspect ratios. Aspect ratios, Bradley. I'm going to get a little nerdy here. Please, please, please. But Netflix is my douchebag. Because they spent a lot of money to have the exclusive streaming rights for Seinfeld, which is one of my favorite uh, favorite uh, comedy series of all time. And apparently they decided that they needed to change the aspect ratio of the show from 16-9 to 4-3. Basically... That doesn't mean a lot to anybody. Well, it, it does mean, when it, you explain what it what it actually is. It crops out the jokes. 
it takes jokes. out jokes. It takes out the visual jokes. For example, there's an episode called The Pothole, where instead of searching for his keys on the now paved street, George Costanza is seen lashing out on an otherwise unblemished pavement. But you can't see the oh, joke God. because the aspect ratio has been cut off and has been distorted by Netflix. Now, Holly, I happen to know that this is not the first time that you have banged your head against a sidewalk that no one else could see. Yeah. Where aspect ratio problems uh, have occurred before, correct? Yeah, because the Internet loves to mess with my favorite programs. They did this with The Simpsons and they being Disney Plus. They changed the aspect ratio of that show so that, again, you couldn't see the jokes and the show looks distorted and stretched. So it's just off-putting. One of the wonderful things about watching your favorite comfort show is that you know the beats and the rhythms of the show. You know what it looks like. You kind of know what to expect. But then Disney Plus a couple of years ago stretched out The Simpsons and ruined all the gags. It was rude. And is this still a problem? I mean, is this still happening? Uh, not on Disney Plus, because there are enough nerds like me out there who that, were, complained. that complained about it, and they eventually fixed it. Now, I don't know if Netflix is going to change this, but I hope... Have you registered an email with Consumer uh, Complaints Department? Not yet. Okay. But I'm assuming that somebody's going to, because Netflix spent a bunch of money to get the streaming rights for Netflix. So if you're going to make people upset who actually want to watch that content... Surely they're going to get in their kitchen and rearrange some things so they fix it back to its original state. I hope they do. And I, you know, I, like you, consider myself to be a certain uh, kind of nerd when it comes to the visual audio visual things I love and seeing them in the way they were meant to be seen. I hate when aspect reach like I was the person when we were living in DVD town and actually BHS town uh, as well, where I just would not buy uh, products that put the wrong ratio in the pro like so I wouldn't yeah. buy DVDs or VHS tapes if the performance was shown in you know the wrong aspect ratio because or even worse letterboxing mm-hmm. remember that whole nightmare when they wouldn't letterbox or yeah what's the thing where they or not not letterbox excuse me pan and scan well yeah because that's what films would do back in the day when they wouldn't do letterboxing so letterboxing is putting black bars above and below the picture so that it can be stretched out in its appropriate aspect ratio and then pan and scan is like we don't want to deal with those bars so we're just going to move the camera and pan and scan and we're only going to show you half the movie no no, I, that like so. So I totally appreciate being, you know, frustrated in it and it ruins the experience such that you just are like, I would rather not look at this than have to deal with this because it's so off putting. So I'm I'm totally here. I think that's a legitimate criticism. I also would just like to have a conversation with Buena Vista or whoever owns um, it's probably Disney who owns uh, the Golden Girls at this point, because the episodes are in dire need of remastering. And if you are fortunate, your favorite show, when you view it on V, uh, I almost said VD, when you view that on a VD, (laughs) on DVD, nobody does that, on a streaming service, that those episodes have been remastered with kindness and care. But the such is not the case with the Golden Girls, such that, like, and you don't realize until you're watching several episodes in a row that colors are off, 
that brightness levels are off. Like, I don't know the technical terms, but visually what you're seeing is just a bad copy of whatever episode, you know, the archive maintains. Yeah. It would be interesting to know if the Golden Girls takes it from an original negative Mm -hmm. or if it's a reproduction. Yeah. Because at least cleaning it up and color correcting would be good. It's one thing, though, they have to. I don't want your Golden Girls to be ruined because I've noticed this in some old movies that get digitally remastered and then they get put in HD Mm. and it's off putting. Yeah. It's scary. I will say, like, I want both. So give me both because I would love, like, I loved going to see. See, we are so nerdy right now and I don't (laughs) care. Who cares? Uh, So when I went to see Lord of the Rings in the theater, they had a very specific HD version that you could go see. It wasn't even called HD. It's called something, 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 something. It's like a super technical, like, expression of hd essentially such that when you watched it it looked like you were in the studio with them yeah that's weird it was weird and most people didn't like it but i appreciated being able to to see it in that version as well as the regular theatrical version so i'm all here for doing weird things just give me the option you know, it's like the people who get really nerdy about the original Star Wars trilogy. Yes. Because being able to see Star Wars as it was projected in theaters in the 70s is not possible anymore. Right. You cannot see what people originally saw in the theaters in the 70s because the versions you are looking at have been so manipulated. And in fact, there's a whole conversation about people recreating that version and they've been trying, you know, like people have like gone off and tried to do their own and stuff. Yeah. Sort of like, like, uh, what do you call that? Like, uh, not blackmail. What do you call that when you do something? Bootleg. Bootleg. Yeah. 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 That, well, that's a whole conversation too. Right. Because maybe people are, maybe we've moved so beyond that where people aren't aware of the fact that when you're watching the original Star Wars trilogy, that those have been added on and manipulated to the point where you're not watching the original movie that came out in 1977 because George Lucas is like, yeah, I got fucks with this a little bit. Yeah, and then he came back in like, what, was it the early 2000s and then did all that weird CGI stuff where you could see Jabba the Hutt walking around? I was like, no, no, I don't want that. No, I don't. No. Leave him alone. Who's your D-bag? Thanks for asking. Farrah Abraham. Okay. okay. We're going to go from nerdy to absurdy, uh, which is where we normally live here on the Colleen and Bradley show. My D-bag is one Farrah Abraham. Why? Well, because always Farrah Abraham, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. This article does not like uh, my web browser. And it's The Sun. The Sun tells us about the latest outrage involving Farrah Abraham. Headline, Farrah Abraham's 12-year-old daughter Sophia looks all grown up as she shows off red highlights and fishnet stockings. Okay. Excuse me. I am not here to parent shame most days. I don't care. You do what you want. Raise your kids how you want. I don't have a horse in this race. But this is a 12-year-old, and she does not, like, I don't want to say what she looks like because she's 12. Mm. She doesn't look 12, Bradley. That's the point. She doesn't look 12. Yes. Also, I'm going to be real nitpicky here, but I know that the holiday seasons are coming up, Bradley. Mm. 
Is Farrah Abraham auditioning for a role in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Oh, that's interesting, because I thought the same thing when I saw her nose. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because there's a lot of digital manipulation and filtering. Either that or you're right. I think she might be in like a Tim Allen uh, Santa Claus movie. The Santa Claus 4. Sorry, I'm getting really nitpicky about the superficial, but I don't care because Farrah Abraham. She gave her daughter, and I don't know, I don't even care to do the research to understand what the point of this post was. But I just feel like Sophia should be allowed to be the 12-year-old that she is. Yes. And now if she wanted to play dress up. And this was her outfit, fine. But you know as well as I do, Holly, that we have read blind items about Farrah Abraham's desire to age her daughter up, perhaps prematurely. Yeah. Meaning that she wants her daughter to be um, older than she seems. Now, it seems like Farrah Abraham... I can't go to Farrah Abraham's Instagram account because Instagram is down right now. But this is supposed to be Sophia's, quote-unquote, Halloween costume. Yeah. And she's supposed to be dressed up as an e-girl, which is a thing. But What's I would, an e-girl? An e-girl is an internet aesthetic. Okay. That is too grown up for Sophia. I'm making the judgment call. Okay, good. It is, it is not <laughs> appropriate for Sophia to dress up like an e-girl. But that's the workaround for somebody like so or Fair Abraham. She can say, well, this is just Sophia's Halloween costume. Fair Abraham, you know very well the kind of people that are looking at your Instagram page. Well, more importantly. And that are going to your daughter's Instagram page because they know your Instagram page. Yeah. So your face. Well, also, again. That's nasty. If, if makeup jewelry whatever i don't care yeah but i worry about i mean it's fair abraham i worry about sophia's you know she has had a very strange life yeah it she hasn't had a lot of peers yeah and i just feel like she's got enough working to age her quicker than she needs to already like why can't she just be a unicorn or something or like a princess, yeah. For Halloween, like you know, like me, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a unicorn and a princess and a princess. I'm gonna be a unicorn princess. Combined. No, I'm not. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So come on. Yeah. Fair come on now. Man. Also, the tell is she's doing like she did her makeup, and I think there was something jarring to me about seeing twelve year old Sophia with her mom's, you know, like weird, sexy makeup. Right, because like, Fair Abraham wears a lot of makeup. As a human being. Yeah. Just in general, mm-hmm. has an aesthetic. Yeah. Sophia looking very adult and then putting those pictures out on the internet. Don't do it. I don't, oh, don't want to go Also fix that your way. nose because oh, it looks like honey. Rudolph. Honey. Yeah. What is that? Do you think that's just a weird digital thing or if that's like actual contouring mistake? I don't know. Maybe she's <laughs> trying to get the re- uh, reindeer fetishists to look oh, at her well, page. I would be surprised. I don't know. Can we? Can we? Cleanse the palate. Yes, let's cleanse the palate with something to give away. Yeah! What are we giving away, Hal? Oh, boy, 
right, we are giving away a pair of tickets to New Kids on the Block Mixtape Tour 2022. Not only with NKOTB, Salt and Peppa, Rick Astley, and In Vogue. It's at the XL Set Energy Center June 14th, so be sure you can go. Oh, it's like my childhood. Oh. So caller number four. 651-641-1071 is going to wear, wear a pair of tickets. I mean, I mean you, can you can wear them. Yeah, you can get some tape, put them, you know, wherever. <laughs> Just be careful. Because mm-hmm. you might need to wear more than that yeah. if you're going to go to the concert. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, uh, thanks for that, Holly, palate cleanser that it was. When we come back, we have an anti-D-bag. So from celebrities behaving badly to celebrities doing what they should to make us smile. We'll be right back here on My Talk One. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 7-1. Thank you for that, Holly. And uh, go enter those listener rewards because a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses would be pretty awesome, right? <laughs> And sometimes celebrities behave not badly. So much so that they've earned the opposite of a D-bag segment. An anti-D-bag segment. Anti-D-bag? We don't have a theme for No, we should just play like D-bags in reverse or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But today, ding, ding, you can play some random sound effect if you want for Joan Collins. Because she's my anti-D-bag. I just love Joan Collins. Like, Joan Collins is just a treasure. For many, many reasons, but specifically today, and the reason that she gets her own segment today is because of what she's saying about the Kardashians, who, by the way, she is friends with, which just makes me love her even more. So, you know that Joan Collins has a memoir, and uh, just like Katie Couric, who we talked about at the beginning of the show, but Joan Collins has gone, um, well, listen to TMZ. So TMZ is right where we're at. Joan Collins has gone all Katie Couric in her new memoir, slamming the Kardashians for their penchant for plastic surgery. And that's just for starters. I, uh, um, I have a question, Bradley. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm very fascinated at Joan Collins, Dame <laughs> Joan Collins. Thank you. Rousing the Kardashians for manipulating their visage because I see where you're going. I see where you're going. I got two eyes and they're in my (laughs) head. And they're in the same place because you haven't had plastic surgery. And they're looking at Joan Collins and why is she rousing on the Kardashians? Because she does the same thing. This is what I love about her. She's She's probably got a whole room of wigs. I would hope so. But this is what I love. Okay, so let me just tell you what she said, and then you can judge her all you want. But um, I'm still going to invite her over to dinner at my house and let her tell me all of her trashy stories. I'm coming over. At least I'm standing outside of your house outside of the window. Crack <laughs> yeah. it for me. Um, her her 
her memoir. I just love that she's. It's not even like Katie Curry. Like Katie Couric's memoir is called "Going There." You know, implication being, I'm gonna go there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you some things. Uh, hers is called "My Unapologetic Diaries," and she says of her friend Chris Jenner, which again, friend Chris Jenner. Those lips people have done, I think they look ludicrous. I'm sorry, but if people want to go around looking like that, I'm going to laugh at that. Chris Jenner, <clears throat> speaking of the Kardashians, excuse me, Chris Jenner, the mother, this is her words, is a good friend of mine. And I don't want to be rude about her children, but there's an awful lot of surgery there. And I've talked to my friends about it, as I'm sure you have. The bottoms, the tiny waists. <laughs> Yes, Mama. I love this about Joan Collins because (laughs) well, the way that she writes about this is, look, I know you've had these conversations too. I know that you all are judgy biatches just like I am. And I'm inviting you to have these judgments with me. Come along and judge. And it's okay. Come along in my judgment train. Because I'm friends with Kris Jenner. Now, I would be very curious and would ask Joan Collins the the nature of her friendship with Kris Jenner. Is it that they've had lunch maybe once or twice at the Beverly Hills Hotel? Mm. Do they call each other? Do they text each other? Do they uh, swap, like, wig secrets with each other? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm curious. I um to your point, I I doubt that they have a very close friendship because I just feel like you don't <laughs> you don't needle someone in your autobiography. I love my friends, but have you looked at her kids' butts? <laughs> Seriously, you don't go after her children, especially when her children make her a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I actually of the two, you know, memoirs, that's what our good friend Fair Abraham called her memoir which actually wasn't a memoir, but thank God Colleen read it because we didn't want to. Because um, she can't spell memoir, so she actually, on the book, called it a memoir That's not... Oh, my God. It's a true story. It's a true story, mm-hmm. though. Um, of these two, the Katie Couric and the Joan Collins, I'd be far more interested in Joan Collins because I just love the dishy gossip. And it's not that I would even take her at her word. Like, you just know that half the stories that come out of Joan Collins are for, you know, colorful... Um, excess. Oh, and entertainment. I mean, her sister was Jackie Collins. Who, by the way, there is a Netflix documentary about Jackie Collins. Is if you're really, interested, is it a good one? It's okay. Okay, but Jackie Collins, yes, she knows how to spin a tale of the salaciousness of Hollywood. So you would think her sister Joan Collins would know a thing or two as well. Yeah, but Joan Collins has the legit history of hollywood she was a thing a film thing back in the 1950s she has been a thing yeah to the 1950s when did her career actually begin because i feel like she is single-handedly becoming as she survives and outlives many of her contemporaries you know one of the like longest uh living sort of female icons in film i mean it's joan collins it's not you know it's not like she was I don't, I don't even think she's won an Oscar or anything, right? No, no, no she, I, you know, but I she's an know. incredibly powerful, successful woman in Hollywood. And you know that she has been around the block and she has stories to tell. I mean, some of the people who are going to be in my unapologetic diaries, Rod Stewart, Princess Margaret, Michael Caine, Princess Diana, Elizabeth Taylor, Roger Moore, Shirley MacLaine, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and many more. No apologies either. Does she say anything about Elton John? Because you just know she's got stories. Oh, well, of course. When does this come out? 
Uh, this is coming out this month. Okay. There's, there's a, a lot of edition. good books coming out this month. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff happening in October. But I'm here for Joan Collins. Look, if she can dish about good friend Chris Jenner, you know she's going to be talking. <laughs> My good friend who's daughters <laughs> and their um, disturbing bottoms and it, tiny waist. Yeah, and at this point, Joan Collins is 88 years old. I don't think she really cares about what anybody thinks of her. There's a, this little tidbit from TMZ. Collins trashes her Dynasty co-star Linda Evans, whom she says was a fan of going under the knife, saying, are you supposed to ignore somebody when they come in with tape on their eyelid? But again, I mean, who wasn't, Joan, honey? I've seen your face, honey. <laughs> That's where it's like, why are you razzing Are you the people? publisher? Or, you know, like, I think the publisher's like, keep telling me more, honey. Yeah. And then you go to coffee and you're like, I mean, does she look to herself lately? Yeah. She's had a little bit of work done. Who's your doctor? Yeah. But I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. When we're coming when we're coming back. When we come back, I'm also here for Holly Stanley Tucci review. Ah!